Okay, hi. Again, this is our whole third and final podcast. So excited about that. Let's start with introductions. I'm Darian. I'm Sochi. I'm Jennifer. You always say it like this. I feel like you still have like the final tone since you're the last person being introduced. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You can't we... see my wave. <laughs> so in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about like criminal law, the overview of it, and some in-depth things i said criminal instead of civil i meant civil criminal was the last podcast <laughs> i'll do i'll be doing civil stuff and then i'm going to be talking about chips cases and how it is handled here in the u.s differently than it is over in venezuela and i'll be talking about employment laws we might also work in a civil action for bonus points maybe reference a podcast or two <laughs> from serial okay so to start, in Venezuela, in the United States, we have different courts that deal with the civil cases because, you know, two different countries and everything. I almost said states. They're two different countries. So in Venezuela, they have the ordinary, like, municipal courts. I think that's how you say it. Like, they deal with the civil law. And they have a code of civil procedures that kind of lays out the rules for them to follow. And one of them says that you need, you only need one summons for a civil proceedings as, like, the United States process is a lot longer. Like, depending on the civil procedure and what it has. Like, I know one thing it says is that if it doesn't, like, if you're not seeking money in a civil case, you have to have a trial. But if it's, like, if it has to do with money, is that true? I think that's true, right? I was just, that's interesting. That's why I made the face. <laughs> I was yeah, I wasn't Like, I'm pretty sure that's true. You. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Like, I think we heard about that in class. But... Like, you have, either you do grievances or, so the chart says, injury, grievance, no grievance, inaction, avoidance, claiming, claim accepted, negotiated settlement, dispute. Now, to solve their issues, like, you have a bunch of different things that you can deal with. Instead of having to, like, go before a judge, you have mediation, which is when you sit down and you, like, discuss it with the person, you know, try to come up with an agreement. You have arbitration. Anybody know what two arbitration types, is? Two types of arbitration. What are the they? Voluntary, and I can't say the last one. It starts with a C, though. I know it does, but that one's like, um, it's like mandated by the court. It's not court-appointed arbitration. Yeah, it is. It, that's, that, that's what I thought, but you said you can't say it. You can't say court-appointed arbitration? No, no, no. Oh, it's court-appointed? I think it is. I swear there's another word for it. It starts with a C, though, I, but I, I never... Can you spell it? No, I don't remember it. I just know that it's appointed by the courts. Yeah. So arbitration, there's like one that's binding and one that's not binding. They're all binding. Except one is like, it's court appointed and like what the judge says goes. And then there's one that's like, it's not binding until you both agree to it and you sign a contract for it. Right, yeah. That's what it is. So yeah, that's... You know the overview of that, and mm-hmm. let's move on to another topic. You know, keep it interesting. All right, uh, let's move on to the chips cases. So, obviously, kids are like, like the weak point oh. here. You know, like you can't. Yeah. It kind of sucks Hold on. sometimes. Wait a second. Just Wait, I'm sorry. It. I forgot one thing. Okay, because I was supposed to compare it to the United States. I'm sorry to cut you off. But like, listen. No, go okay, ahead, let, go just ahead. let me just let me say it before I forget it. I was supposed to say that the magistrate courts, I think that's how you say it, civil sections, they deal with the civil cases. You know, just have to, we have this, they have that. They mm-hmm. have the municipal, 
what is it? Municipal courts? That the ordinary municipal because they have two courts. They have two municipals. One's ordinary and one's like not that deals with civil and criminal. And we have the magistrate which deals with civil. Yeah. Okay, but go ahead. Go ahead. You know, kids are a soft spot. Yeah, kids. This just gets to you. I don't know. So like when we were talking about like the chips cases, you know, there's like a lot of movies now with like that kind of show you what the foster care system is like, and um kind of like how expensive it is to like go through like adoption and like that kind of stuff so um <clears throat> we you know to kind of compare it to venezuela they are actually in a really bad spot economically right now it's so, so? bad it's so bad this is really sad it's so bad that the parents don't have enough money to take care of their kids that they're dropping them off at orphanages just randomly you know and like how like can you just imagine if that was like the case here like the economy is so bad you don't have enough money to feed your kids so you're like i have to give them up and it's not even going through like the courts and stuff you know like there's no one to say that um <clears throat> like oh yeah they're not taking care of their kids no these are parents voluntarily giving their kids up because they cannot take care of them that can also be a political issue too. Like, you know how people are always arguing pro life and pro choice and stuff. Yes. Like a lot of people argue for pro choice because like you can't support your kids and like they'll end up in foster care and like the foster care system isn't good because mm-hmm. a lot of kids end up being abused and or not going to good homes and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So like you know that that's that can also be political. I don't but, think that's something we should get into because like that's. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. But it's it's like interesting because. On this uh, source I found, it says that they are, um, Venezuela is, where is it? Let me find it over here in my notes. It is like the most, it has, it's an example of the most improvement that they have in children's rights in South America. Like, that's crazy to think about. Children's rights, but still they're given up, you know? And if it's like that there, then I can't imagine what it is for like, for the other countries in South America, because almost forty percent of the population in Venezuela are below the poverty line, poverty line right now because of the, you know, economy. How the economy is so bad. Do you know what's like the medium economy, like the medium income for that? Like, do you would know that, do you? Like, the medium you income. Know, you know, like the where they draw the line for poverty, because the United States has like a really low line. For, like what they consider poverty, like it's not even a living wage. Like the living wage is like a lot higher than a poverty line. Like they consider like a really low amount of money for a minimum income for a house to be the poverty line. Like something that like absolutely nobody can live off of. Well, I mean, if it's like if it's forty, it's almost half of the population though, and they can't even afford food yeah, or housing. Lines just to get like a milk or yeah, bread. they are just in desperate need of food they're like waiting there's no food there you know if there's no food for the families like where else are they going to get the food you know they're, they can't just drop off the kids at orphanages and my thing is they're not going through courts to do this because there is not even like a court like a chip you know like we have like chips like the protective services yeah. they just have rights for children they don't have any like little branch underneath like the government that like helps with they just have rights you know so i don't know i mean they do see children as like this huge deal and um 
but they're not doing enough, you know? I can definitely see how they could not be doing enough. Like, I mean, but is any country doing enough for their kids? Like, again, in the United States, we have all of these orphanages and stuff, and we have so many foster parents and adoptive parents, like, taking care of kids. Some people just do it for the money. Like, yeah. they keep, like, they have their own kids, and they take in more kids because they want, they like, they need the money. So they'll just, like, kind of give their kids all these nice new toys and feed them the best food, and, like, the foster care can get the scraps. That might be, like, an extreme example of it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And we know that stuff like that happens. Do you guys think that there's like a flaw in our system that creates that? There's a flaw in every system, but I don't think. But every like, what's system what's can one specific thing? Because I think that like, um, like people, because you know how they have to go like foster parents have to go through like a bunch of trainings mm-hmm. and they have to get their licenses. That has to take like a lot of time to do, or maybe not even like you know, but like. I mean, my grandmother became a foster parent, and it was a lengthy process. And even now, she has to go to classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she has to like keep her nice license, a foster parent license renewed. You couldn't see me put on my coat fingers, but whatever, foster parent license renewed every once in a while. And they have home visits where they have one on ones with each kid, one with a group of kid with a group of kids because she adopted three kids. This is back when she was a foster parent, but she was fostering three kids, all siblings. And they'd have, she'd have one-on-ones with each sibling to make sure that no one would be mistreated or mm-hmm. no one felt unsafe in the home. And then she'd have one with the group, kids of the group, so with my grandmother and the kids, and then, like, just my grandmother to see how, like, they were progressing in her house. Like, we have a lot of checks in place to make sure, to try to help make sure that the kids are safe, but, like, they never are 100% safe. Like, they could be scared to say anything or... Exactly, Like, yeah. scared that they're going to get hurt or that they're going to go back into the system and not be able to live in, like some type of decent home anymore because mm-hmm. there are group homes and like even those can be dangerous for kids and then like this kind of stuff leads we can talk about like how it creates like the or these kids grow up and they obviously don't have the what would means. you say the means to like be better when yeah. they grow up so they turn so, into a life of crime sometimes. yeah and then mm-hmm. that kind of leads into like the criminal laws that we have and how they're targeted because they are i mean in a way they are minorities you know yeah they don't have parents they don't have anyone to guide them because sometimes foster parents aren't the best people you know mm-hmm. and also like um you know there's like some bad things about um about like that here in the united states for example we were talking about that one how it was discrimination i believe or racism because I guess you can literally just call someone up and say, oh, this parent is doing this, and they can literally take the kid right there and then without actually having proof, which could be both a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing in a sense that we're putting kids' safeties first because, you know, like, it's kids. They haven't grown up yet. They haven't done anything wrong, you know? We have to protect them. And then, I mean, but then it also might be, like, a bad thing in a way that someone who really hates this family is trying to get back at them, you know? But, I mean, that's what they were talking about, that they need to, like, follow, like, an investigation, and, like, if they see that it is, then they'll take the child. But, like, there's nothing like that in Venezuela. They just, like I said, they just have rights, you know? They have rights to education, and, um, I mean, even though they do have the right to education, it doesn't mean that they all get an education. Because it's, like, one in ten children in one in ten, yeah, one in ten children are educated in Venezuela, so obviously if they're not educated, like no no like higher class is gonna wanna adopt an uneducated child, you know, and it kind of leads into like how they divide up their classes and stuff, because like I said, forty percent of children are below the poverty line, 
and the people who actually have enough money to take care of their families aren't gonna want to adopt poor kids and it sucks but that's just how it is over there i don't know it just it makes me sad i hate i hate to talk like researching this stuff i don't know about you guys but kids Uh, are like my soft spot i think kids are like a really strong soft spot they should be for everyone Mm -hmm. like they're kids like they you're supposed to help them and support them and stuff like you're not and it molds like whatever's going on and then it's gonna like you know continue on into the future so Mm -hmm. whatever like all the bad things going on now they're probably gonna think it's normal yeah a lot of kids do grow up thinking that a lot of bad things that happen to them are normal and they're not they shouldn't be yeah because their parents don't have like a good paying job to help them sustain their life you know so Mm -hmm. like what kind of laws do they have over there that are making this happen all right so in it like ideally um country like supposedly venezuela like wants it to have like all employees like have um entitlement to employment rights but we know all the the corruption going on right which you know is not really like helping but what they do put as like the law right now is that they have to work at a maximum maximum hours around they have to work maximum hours without overpay overtime pay they work about eight hours per week eight hours a day so 40 hours per week and it's kind of similar to you know here in the united states full-time job is like 40 hours a week right yeah Yeah. like i'm a student and my job wanted me to work nine hour shifts instead of eight She's like, well, I don't understand because you're an adult, right? And like, I mean, technically. She was like, and it's your availability, right? And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to work that long on shift. She's like, I don't see the problem. So you're fine to work the hours. And I was like, I have school. Like, yeah. I, if I was a, like a full-time adult who only had to work, like I can understand working the hours. Like I need the money. But like as a student, I have other things going on. Right. I just didn't understand it. I'm sorry. Continue, though. No, you had, you had no, your list. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. So anyways, <laughs> you know how like... um. The inspect, uh, guess inspectors was like inspecting the employment, the management. They supposedly said that they can't exceed eleven hours, or you know they have all these li- laws. The wages aren't supposed to be that bad, but you know here we have like a minimum wage of seven dollars, so it's not really helpful. And um, they they supposedly have maternity leaves too, for six weeks prior six to giving. Weeks birth and 20 weeks after but knowing the situation that's occurring over there they're not getting anything since you know they can't buy food or the food is overpriced due to you know i don't think anybody wants to like bring a child into this world with that situation you know that i feel like that's putting like a whole stop on like a bunch of like families who wanted to have kids and now they can't because they don't have the means. They don't have the money. Yeah, to even if they kids. work, they can't yeah. have enough. So, yeah. just that's why a lot of people are gonna leave. <coughs> yeah. It's and then here's bad. the United States. Like no immigration from those countries. Right. I believe the current president. You know, he he may have well. He's at African countries, so we know those words that I'm not gonna use for the podcast. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You know the blank hole countries those things yeah mm-hmm. i mean i just like look that's another off-topic thing immigration yeah like people leave and they come here thinking like oh it's gonna be so much better and like here we are talking about how it is better and then we have government officials like making it impossible for people to immigrate here from other countries like they're all for legal immigration but 
they make it almost impossible for illegal immigration. Yes, and that is such a huge thing. Oh, it just, that irks me so much. How people don't understand how lengthy and pricey it is to do things. Like, when you're struggling in a different country because you can't, don't have enough money to survive. What makes you guys think that they're going to have the money and the time to go through all these, like, legal procedures to get somewhere else legally, you know? Like... I just know from, like, personal experience, like, when my parents are trying to get visas, it took them nearly, like, two years to get their visa. And if there's, like, one little, like, step that they miss, they have to start all over again. Oh, yes. It and can it sucks. Because even, so like, much. the little dash, because that's what happened. Oh, my grandpa, yeah. in, his, in his birth certificate, he has that dash in between his last names. And then they, they are the ones who missed it, you know? So then when he was getting ready, you know, he's, like, about to get approved, he had to start all over again because of that one little dash. So when you think about, like, immigration, I'm pro-immigration, not only because I am a product of immigrants, oh, yes, you know, sure. but because you really get a different, like, perspective on it. I know we're going, like, off topic, but, like, this really irks me when people don't understand what it means to be, like literally starving in your home country and you just want to leave and it's, it's they're not even doing it for themselves they're doing it for their family you yeah know? and it's way better not like if you compare the united states with venezuela obviously they're gonna want to come to the united states because all yeah you may not get paid that much or like you know you might be sent back mm-hmm. but th- at least you have food there's like places here that like offer free food yeah and like this kind of all that ties into like the employment laws you know like illegal immigrants come here and they do all the work that citizens don't want to do like no one wants to work 80 hours a week in a nasty kitchen in like you know dishwashing that's all like i've worked in restaurants and it's only hispanic people who do it and they don't even fight for their rights because they're too scared to come forward you know like that's why a lot of people hire immigrant people because they know that they're not going to fight anything they will get paid like minimum wage and that's enough for them as long as they're getting money so they can get food on the table for the family that's like that's perfect for them yeah they work like a lot of hours yeah two jobs sometimes like at night you know Mm -hmm. i mean obviously people still do that but you know things like back at home other places like really bad that you're just like you know what i'll take this over that you know plus there's no food over there the money isn't that well and you know what it's better here yeah and like obviously they are working whatever it takes you know even if it is, like, not even, like, part of the, like, employment laws that we and have they here. don't, yeah, they're, they don't have any, technically, laws. No. They they're don't. just working. So, I want to tie that into the TIPS thing. Because, you know, like you said, they do, they bring their families here to try to, like, you know, they come over here for better lives for their families. Mm-hmm. Like, you, they don't have, like, a TIPS Mm-mm. over there, do they? Nope. So, like, even though we don't have the best foster system, honestly, I don't think we have a good one at all. But like, Well, I, still... I mean, they have, like, foster homes, right. but it's the, the process of it is completely different. So, would you say ours is better? And, like, even if of even course. if you only came over here, like, and you're like, oh, I can't support my kids, like, they would be more willing to put their kids in a foster system here. Like, of it would course. be safer than it yeah, would be there. Yeah, definitely. Because, like I said, well, like, we were even talking about with, like, the other podcast. There's so much corruption in Venezuela, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know. Like, if if we think it's bad here with the foster parents taking that, like, money and using it for their own kids or their own benefit, 
we can only imagine what like Venezuelan people are doing to like these foster kids. You know, maybe they're sex trafficking to get the um, you know money off of them, or they're using them as like drug mules. Like and who, you never who are they know. gonna go to? Because even the police are corrupt in Venezuela. Exactly. Like you can't you can't really there is no escaping it unless the government fixes the system. Mm-mm. And obviously, I, I don't I honestly don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, at least not in our uh, lifetime. No, not in our <laughs> lifetime. It's been going on for like. Since we, even before we were born, you know, like, everybody just wants this power. I think we really emphasized the corruption of Venezuela in all we three did. of our podcasts. Yeah, that's we literally the main like, thing. It, I feel like that's the main thing that goes through, like, it's, like, the main thing that all of us find in all of our research. We somehow connect it back to corruption in Venezuela. That's, that's all it is. My friend is from Venezuela, and they had to uh, immigrate here. Because it was just so bad over there. His dad is actually, um, he's an engineer. So he was he was doing pretty good. But because they knew that they were pretty well off, it was just like many attempts for like to murder their family and that kind of stuff. So that's why they came here. And even then, like they still kind of have, they, they have a few uh, family members over there. And it's just, they don't even like talk about it. Like my friend gets really heated, really emotional when like, he talks about like the situation back home and that just kind of shows how like i mean yeah we're not perfect but like it could be a lot worse it could be a lot worse like like i said the united states has come a long way in mm-hmm. terms of like our laws and stuff like we learned from trial and error we've had bad people in office before but we either outlived them or we voted them out of office and we got someone better who knew what they were doing yeah so, I just want to bring it back to civil law again, because we kind of got off topic. So, yeah, yeah. back to civil law. <laughs> like, Venezuela, I actually found research on Venezuela and other Latin American countries. Like, mm-hmm. Venezuela is doing better than some other countries. Like, it's not the best, but it's still doing better in some aspects of it. Like, well, one way that it's bad, actually, is, like, they're, like I said earlier, they have a summons. Mm-hmm. Like, you only have to be served once in order to appear in court. Unlike in other countries where, like, you have to be, like, you have to have multiple on multiple different occasions. And, like, in the United States, you have to have, well, you don't have to have one, but you have to respond to it. And if you don't respond to it, then the judge might go with a default judgment and, like, without hearing any evidence whatsoever. Yeah. So, like, the judge is like, oh, I want $1,000. I mean, the person filing the complaint against you, like, I want $1,000. And you have, like, 30 days to respond or up until, like, the date that's on there to respond. Mm-hmm. And if you just ignore it, then the judge, like, default judgment and you have to do it. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And, like, yeah. So then, how does it, like, tie in to, like, civil action? You know, we're trying to... To what? Civil action. How we were reading that I book? I was trying to tie it in, but, like, the way I left it off, like, <laughs> the default judgment and stuff. Because, like, they all responded. Yeah, they did. Like, they tried to as fast as they could. Like, even if they didn't respond, like, they got an extension on it. Mm-hmm. To you know, drum up some evidence. That story was it involved children too, so you know it hits that soft. I really like, felt like a lawyer, like following them. Yeah, all the it, steps right. And stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. You learned a lot from that book. All the little terminology and like the strategies that they use. I was very confused through Medical a lot of it. Terms. Like Google was my best friend for a lot of the terms. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Because. Uh, so know, did you have a, like what? I know my topic, like, the thing I was talking about was civil action. What what civil things did you learn through the process of this book? Like, have you, like, anything that stood out to you? 
Well, obviously, like, terminology, for sure. Like, that was the number one thing. Like, I was, like, I was reading the book, and I'm, like, what the heck is this? So, you know, got to put the little bookmark in the book, go to Google, be, like, oh, okay, this is how it's done. But even though, like, you get, like, the definitions on Google, you still have to dig a little bit deeper, you know, because you're, like, okay, that means this, but they're still using, like, a bunch of terminology that I don't know. So, are you going to pull one up? <laughs> and... <laughs> And, like, after the terminology, I feel like the strategies that all the lawyers use, like, it's, I thought it was just, like, all fact-based, you know? But it's literally how you present the evidence, how you present yourself, your client. Like, it's basically, like, an acting thing. Like, they have to have yeah. the best strategy. And then, they, was it, like, arbitration that they went through? Where, like, the both so. sides had to sit down, like, there was, like, one person that they had to meet with to, like, kind of, like... What did they do? Like, discuss the facts, kind of? Yeah. So, like, the judge would send them down to, like, arbitration or whatever it was to, like, discuss the case with, amongst each other and decide what they're going to do. And then, like, no, that's, like, actual civil process. Like, right. it's not, like, in the United States. It doesn't, you know, Venezuela doesn't have all that. Like, they just... No. They, they don't have... I don't think they have to have someone represent them in civil cases. And plus, you got to pay, and they don't have enough money, so they're yeah, just like... Yeah, like, when you okay, have a civil yeah, case, like, you have to pay for someone to represent you, and mm-hmm. we all know that corrupt, and, like, a lot of people don't have the money for it, mm-hmm. so they're not really big on civil cases. Like, I couldn't find that much research on civil cases or examples of civil cases. Because, I mean, I don't think people actually sue each other that much down there. You know, it's not a Who thing. They it? just take it. They mm-hmm. just, like, pay what? Like, know? whatever. It happened, it happened. You know, they, I'm good. Like, even if I'm out, I'm still going to starve. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in the United States, we have, like, I mean, there has been an uptick in civil actions. What was the question? Like, are we a litigious society? Litigious society, yeah. And a lot of, I can argue that we aren't. Because, like, there was an uptick in divorces, especially with marriage equality. You know, now gay people can get married, and they can also get divorced. So, yeah. like, you know, it's an uptick in civil litigations amongst people trying to divorce. And they might use arbitration or mediation, or they might just, like, you know, decide the stuff on their own. His I don't know, like, I, I might be complete, but this is how I see it, like, like, before I feel like there wasn't many solutions to these type of things, so they really had to think about, like, things through, or they just couldn't get out of it, you know? But now, like, the way, like, society is, like, you can do whatever you want, basically, you know? Like, you get married, you can get unmarried, you can get married, and then divorce, and then you get married to this person, do that, and it just, it's such, like, an, I wouldn't, don't want to say, like, easy process, well, I mean, it. I mean, it is. I feel like it is easy, but kind of. But also, like, there are the you know, like divorce cases, but there are also like some really like off the wall crazy cases. Yeah, like, like the ones you were class. reading. Yeah, like I remember one from like years ago with like the KFC thing. Like they used to have like their <laughs> barbecue sauce in the chicken. Yeah, I'm really mad at the lady who sued them. So now they don't have barbecue sauce on the chicken because she like spilled chicken like on her clothes or on her sheets or something, and like she sued them for like her dry cleaning bills or something. And so now they don't have barbecue sauce on <laughs> okay, there. But like, can you imagine like that in Venezuela? Because I just. You know, like, it's so no. sad they don't have it. Like, they yeah. really don't. They don't even they, have the options for stuff. They like don't that. have anything, basically. Like, in class, we talked about, like, the Pepsi case. Like, the, that was really outrageous. Like, yeah. you think you're going to get enough Pepsi points to actually earn a jet. Like, they said it was a joke, and he still tried to sue them over it. Right. Like, I just feel like that's crazy. And the fact that they, like, take the time to, like, yeah, like that. leave. Our system is already backed up with, You're right. like, more important, more serious cases. And so many people just bring, like, the most random off-the-wall cases to the courts. 
But at the same time, there are some cases that are like they sound dumb, but they actually like are a good thing that they happen. Like the McDonald's one, yeah. where she spilled oh, like the. Yeah. Can that you imagine good. if I would have spilled that coffee on me? She wasn't driving. She was in a passenger seat. Right. And like, there's no reason the coffee should be that hot. Mm-mm. Like, you have to wait 15 minutes, put like three ice cubes in there for yeah. it to cool off no. to a drinkable <laughs> temperature, and it'll still probably be too hot. And it's crazy how they got all these different complaints, and they still did not change it. Like, they really thought they were gonna get it away with it and then how they offered the I'll give you $800 when she was only asking for 20000 just to cover her medical bills like that was like really McDonald's y'all make like millions of dollars in like a couple of days mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy oh did we talk about we didn't talk about debt collections I got you know I got discussed like um a default judgment yeah I feel like you know that kind of ties into debt collection doesn't it yeah well yeah because like Cause you have to you, collect the debt if you owe the money. Right. Well, does it work like that? Yeah. I think it does. It is. Yeah. yeah. So like, a debt collector can't excessively contact you. Like this is what I found interesting because like I didn't really know much about debt collection before this class and like I got it in my notes and stuff. Like you, can, they can't excessively contact you. Mm-hmm. They can't threaten you like with physical bodily harm. Like oh, I'm gonna beat you up if you don't give me my three dollars <laughs> from like last week at McDonald's. I really had an aunt like badger me over three dollars and like 76 cents from the one time she bought me mcdonald's oh like really gosh. she's gotten a lot better since then she's like hey you want ten dollars i'm like yeah <laughs> like am i gonna have to pay it back she's like no you're fine like, okay <laughs> but anyway like they can't excessively contact you they can't they can't tell people that they're debt collectors unless they ask right like they have to ask and then they can say it or they can't say it at all i think they have what to ask like, when they're, like, contacting, like, those around you to try to figure out, like, where you are and what you're doing. I think they need... Like, they have to ask them if they're a debt collector. Yeah. Like, they can't just, like, I'm a debt collector collecting this money for this, this, and this. Yeah. In a way, though, like... Like, we were going back to it, like... Like, if they're not content contacting them a lot, they're... I mean, they get scared, you know? Like, oh, my God, I'm getting sued. I need to give them this money they have no idea what's going on it's kind of like that repeat player versus the one shotter yeah. thing like that's scary you know like they have no idea what's going on but they don't take the time to actually explain to them i feel like it's just like a i'm suing you and if you don't reply then this is gonna happen to you like oh my gosh what's gonna you know like they yeah. have they have no one to explain it to and that's why was it the fdcip something like the fdcpa mm-hmm you know, like, they have a web... I don't know if it's their website, but I know Homeline has a website where, like, they give you free advice and they offer you with low-cost legal or organizing, you know, and advice services. that's, like, services. for, like, renters, right? Yeah, that's for renters. Yeah. But, like, not people like, oh, I'm gonna... I feel like they should have the same thing yeah, for, I like, really debt like collection. They should have the same protections for debt collectors. But, like, only for renters do they have this thing to, mm-hmm. like, provide you with, like, information. So, like, I mean, that's a good thing for us, like, young people. If we go rent our first house and, like, we get a bad landlord who's trying to, like, bamboozle us and, like, steal right. money from us. Like, we have this homeline website, which provides us with free financial information. But which not, I think is really cool, yeah, to I do be too. honest. Because a lot of people are just renting. They're like, oh, whatever. No one's going to care about yeah. me. Like, I never thought about this stuff. Like, I want to look at my mom's lease now just so I know what a lease looks like and, like, what to expect from it. We change topics really fast. Just to close up the (laughs) debt collection thing real fast. They can have wage garnishments to, like, take money Mm -hmm. from your checks. I think they can take more than, like, 25% of your net pay, though. Yeah, I think it's 25. But still, like, you know, like... Do, they don't. They don't get a warning, do they? Do they just get a letter like we're gonna take this? Like they I don't think, need permission. They 
Yeah, I think they do just, like, take it. But, like, bank garnishments. I think you do get a warning for that one. Right? Yeah. No, you don't. Because um, th- our professor talked about it. She said that once the money, like, they froze the accounts, then then he, like, the, like contacted them trying to figure out why they took this Can money. And then they went to court to discuss it. I would have been pissed working my butt off at work. And then I'm, like, getting sued. And then I come home and, like, where's my paycheck? Like, it's gone, you know? Like, you still have to pay rent. Because, I mean, the way they do it, is it really, like, the right way? Because, I mean, you, they still have to pay rent. They have to pay bills. They have to pay for food. If they all take their money, they're just getting into into even more debt, you know? I feel like that's another reason that people don't trust banks. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't take all of them. Because they can take all of the money out of your account. Yeah. Like, you can't take all the money out of my account if I have it in cash, like, stored in a safe in my, right. like a, behind a closet or and something. And that's what she was talking about, right? That, like, the people who are usually get sued a lot more already know not to put their money in the bank yeah. so they just keep it in cash that's crazy hopefully i never get sued so i think i think we discussed all of our topics you yeah know, we i kinda, think we we only touched on civil action and like wage garnishments and stuff like that but i still think there. it's a good thing that we discussed it at all we gave a little got a little understanding of it yeah we you know, pretty good semester you learned a lot of things that i I had, like, no clue about. I honestly found debt collections interesting. I, I know. And she was like, it's not, it might not be the most interesting thing. I was like, really? Like, taking the back of the class, writing everything she wrote yeah, down Yeah, it's like, like, I don't know. Like, it was, like, the most easy thing to understand. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt like that. There wasn't a lot of confusing, no. like, language No, it was, like, very straightforward because it was, like, every case is handled the same way. Or not a case, but, like. But she had a lot of cases. I think she said she had hundreds of cases at a time. Like, 300? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, like, if you but think you think it, about it, like... A lot of, like, attorneys and stuff have a lot of cases. Like, yeah. when I did my um, legal interview, I, I interviewed a public defender. He told me he had, like, at least... It was one or 200 cases, open cases at a time, that he deals with. Oh, and he God. represents a relatively small county. So, like, imagine, imagine like, big county like, lawyers. Big yeah. county, yeah. And he crap. discussed that, too. He was like, they have, like, hundreds more than he does. And I just feel like that's a ridiculous it number. It is. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. I think we got... I think everything. we discussed everything. Yeah. Jennifer, any closing thoughts, statements, anything? Um. No. You can say no. Well, it probably sucks living in Minnesota right now. <laughs> it really does, you know, but we can only hope that it gets better. Yeah. The way we hope that we get better, because it's all, we're all evolving here. Let's close one more time. Venezuela can do better. The United States can do better. But Venezuela needs a lot of help. Yeah, it does. Yep. All right. Well, this is the end of our season. Um, this is our series finale, not the season finale. This is a series finale. This is a series? No, series. we're done. It's done. All right. Good job, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye.